وَإِذْ جَعَلْنَا الْبَيْتَ مَثَابَةً لِلنَّاسِ وَأَمْنًا Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Let's continue our story of the Kaaba. We have now fast-tracked to 35 years later. Our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is a young man who has spent his entire life at Mecca. During this time, as a woman was burning incense, which was a habit, they would burn these fragrant substances as a sign of revering the Kaaba. Somehow she started a fire and the fire was such that it began to burn the Kaaba and a significant portion of the Kaaba was burnt that year. One of the old relics that the Arabs had preserved from the time of Ismail and they had actually hung it on the wall of the Kaaba outside. It was the horns of the ram slaughtered by Ibrahim that ram that was sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in lieu of Ismail So that relic was, was also burnt. A significant portion of the structure of the Kaaba was burnt. Unfortunately, in that same year, there was a great flood. And this flood damaged what was left of the structure of the Kaaba. So Quraysh got together, they held their council, and they said, we need to reconstruct the Kaaba. Of course, this was going to be a very exciting project. However, because of their their reverence and esteem for Allah's house, they had placed certain conditions. Conditions for what type of wealth could be used in the construction of a Baytullah. So it could not be wealth that was taken unjustly. It could not be wealth that was acquired through stealing and robbery. It could not be wealth that was made through interest. It could not be wealth that was made through any kind of unethical earning. So according to their understanding, whatever was halal and tayyib, that was the only type of money they could accept for this. When they looked at the resources that they had, they they found that the resources were in fact very limited. They had much more wealth, but because they were being selective about which particular types of funds they could use, this really narrowed down their options. Then they also needed some really good material. And where would they get that kind of material? So around that same time, there was a shipwreck off of the coast of Jeddah. And this was a Byzantine ship. And uh, apparently the captain or the owner of that ship had been saved. And the ship had crashed, but its wood was um, largely intact. So they made a deal with him for that wood 
So this was a major portion of the material that they were going to use for the restructuring of the Kaaba. Now, everyone is participating. All the important community leaders are participating in the construction. Some modifications were made to the structure of Ibrahim salam. Some of them were made for practical reasons and others were made due to a lack of resources. So for example, the structure of Ibrahim salam had two doors and both doors were at ground level. There was one right next to the Hajj al-Aswad at the same place where the existing door is and there was one door opposite of it from, from the back. And the Kaaba had, at that time, it had no, no ceiling. So they figured that because they're putting a ceiling now, they're putting a roof on the Kaaba, there is no chance of flooding inside. So there is no need really for two doors. If a person is going to go in, um, they can come out from the same door that they went into. So this was one of the changes that they made. Another change that they made is that they raised the height of the walls, the height of the structure. So Ibrahim salam's structure was close to four and a half meters high. These people added about another four meters to that height making it about nine meters high so this added to the to the prominence of the structure and the um, the impressiveness of the structure the roof was laid and to drain water off of the roof the mizab a drain pipe was was added to one side that is opposite of the side of Hajj al-Aswad and Rukn Yamani Another change that they made because of practical reasons, now they had invested more in raising the height, but they ran out of resources when it came to extending it to the same length. So they shortened the length somewhere between three and four meters. They made it shorter. And that part, the, the Rukn Iraqi side where the Hatim is today, that part that Ibrahim had constructed in a round fashion, they squared it off. They shortened it and they squared off the structure and they placed some stones on the outside to indicate that this used to be a part of the Kaaba. That area is known as the Hatim. Another modification that they made, which was more of a, um, it was more of a political sort of a move was that they raised the door, they made it very high off of the ground. And for the first time, they put locks on those doors. And the reason was so that the general public do not have access to it. Why did I say it was political? It was because they wanted to be selective as to who they allowed to enter. They wanted it to be by their authority, only people that they had authorized. So it was to maintain a to maintain a sort of control to maintain a sense of authority over the Kaaba that they had done this so the one door that was left of the Kaaba was raised significantly off of the ground and it was locked during this construction 
The Prophet Muhammad وسلم, who was a young man of 35, was also participating along with the other participants of Quraysh, the other noble people. And he would carry the bricks and stones and material on his bare back and shoulders because of which his, his back got scratched and cut and bruised. His uncle Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib told him that why don't you take your lower garment and place it around your neck to sort of cushion, cushion your shoulders and your back because you're getting hurt, you're getting wounded in this process. So just as the Prophet was considering to do this, he fainted. He fainted and this was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's way of saving him from exposing his body to other people, that part of his body to other people. Now the construction is pretty much complete and there is one very important step and that is placing Al-Hajr Al-Aswad. Everyone wanted to have that honor. Everyone wanted to have that distinction of placing Al-Hajr Al-Aswad in its place. A large argument and dispute erupted amongst the chieftains of Quraysh. Every one of them claimed that they were more entitled to do so. Finally, in order to stop the fighting, they said, why don't we agree to this, that the next person that walks in to this Al-Masjid Al-Haram, who walks into the area of the Kaaba, we will give them the responsibility. So, it was our Prophet Muhammad وسلم, who was the next person to walk in. And when people saw him, they all agreed that this was the most eligible person. They said, Al-Amin is here. Who could be better than him? The most trustworthy person. So the Prophet وسلم, then, instead of doing the whole thing himself, came up with a solution that would make everyone happy. And that was that he had Al-Hajr Al-Aswad placed on a very large sheet and he had the chieftains of the tribes all grab a corner of that sheet and all of them would have the honor of carrying Al-Hajr Al-Aswad and bringing it over to its spot. Once they brought it over, then the Prophet with his own blessed hands placed Al-Hajr Al-Aswad in its proper spot where we see it even today. This was our Prophet Muhammad's participation in the construction of the Kaaba. And in that aspect also, he, he bears resemblance and similarity to his father, Ibrahim his great forefather, Ibrahim who had constructed the Kaaba as they knew it, as they were familiar with it, and our Nabi وسلم, who was going to be the person who populates this Kaaba and becomes a means of it to become alive with the worship of Allah until Yawm Al-Qiyamah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also took the work of the construction of the Kaaba from him. I hope you enjoyed this video. But before you leave, please do click on the subscribe button 
and the bell icon for future notifications.